So your name. All right, so you shared your name with the person beside you. You shared where you're from. How many are from Florida? How many are not from Florida? How many are from outside this country? Isn't that awesome? Oh, I love it. There's so many stories in this church. So when you were sharing with your neighbor, you said, hi, I'm so-and-so. My name is Carlos, and I am from, or sorry, not Carlos, <laughs> but Benji. I just, saw, I just saw the top of your head, I promise. And I, I am from wherever I'm from. And then where you are right now. What did you say? How many of you said Apopka? You said Apopka, cool. Did anyone say Florida? Okay, if you said Florida. Did anyone say the United States of America? All right, yes, good job. Did anyone say church? I'm here at the Forest Lake Church. Good job, good job. Now let's imagine that, I'm gonna pick on Fiorella. I'm positive that's your name. I'm so sorry, Benji. Imagine Fio is talking to her husband, Carl, and she says, Hi, I'm Fio. I'm from this place, and I'm here in the Forest Lake Church. And let's imagine that Carl says, No, you're not. You are in California at the Loma Linda University Church. What if Pastor Jennifer had come up here, just imagine, um, with the kids, and she had said, welcome everyone, we're so glad you're here at Spring Meadows. What would you have said? Um, I mean, we like Spring Meadows, they're our friends. If you go to Spring Meadows, glad you're here too. But this is not Spring Meadows. This is the Forest Lake Seventh-day Adventist Church. You're crazy, you're on another planet, we are not on the same wavelength, something's going on. And we kind of laugh at that. But sometimes there's people in our lives that seem to have that type of habit. And you maybe know some people that are a little outside the box. And whenever you talk to them, they start talking to you and they just say something and you're saying, you're in, a, you're in another planet right now. I'm sure I know where I am. But you're saying something totally different. And sometimes Jesus shows up in our lives and we are so sure we know right where we are in this moment. And Jesus says something that seems like he's coming from a completely different direction. And our story today, I think the people in it had that experience very much. We'll be in Matthew chapter five. So if you have your Bibles, you can start taking them out. In this story, there's people that are in a certain reality and Jesus shows up and he totally changes it. And so while you're turning there, if you don't have your Bible today, you can use your pew Bible and it's on page 683. But let's pray one more time before we read the word. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for being the God that you are. Thank you for our church family. Thank you for all the families, the kids here today. God, Thank you for your word and that it's still relevant today. Jesus, right now we want to hear your voice. So please speak by your spirit. Help us hear you and hear what you're saying to our hearts. Make it clear and make it something we can take away with and praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let me know when you get there. You are, we are in Matthew chapter five. Matthew chapter five. Again, if you didn't bring a Bible, 
take the one in front of you. If you're using your phone, that's permissible. Do, do what I do, my only request, turn your notifications off. That way we can all focus and be centered on the word. So in Matthew 5, we find Jesus, the God man, and he's already been starting his ministry for a little while. He's in Galilee. Jesus has already grown up, come as a baby. He's grown up, he's been baptized, he's been tempted in the wilderness. He's already started calling some of his first disciples, right? And he said, come follow me. Jesus has already done a big miracle at a wedding and changed water into wine. Jesus has already done a lot of healing and people are starting to get excited because during this time, people are struggling. I think people are always struggling. We might say, we're struggling today, but this is a hard time for first century Jews, which is what Jesus was. They had one plan for how things were going to work out and things had totally changed. They were being oppressed by another government. They didn't like the government. They were being heavily taxed. A lot of them were living hand to mouth. There's just a lot of things that weren't going well for them. And everyone was thinking and praying and waiting for somebody to come and just change things. And they were expecting some powerful leader to just stand up and, and rally everyone to them and start a revolution and put things back the way that they should be. And all of a sudden, here comes Jesus. Jesus, kind Jesus, the Jesus that he is, but also powerful Jesus. Jesus who can work miracles. Jesus who can heal. And they start watching and saying, could this be the one? Could this be the one that's going to fix everything? And so the story right before this story is that Jesus is here in Galilee and he has this day when the whole town comes out. Imagine if every single person in this room, if everyone in our community came to our church, well, that's happening in two weeks, April 16, risen by the grace of God. But imagine if everyone came out and they started thronging about around one person, right? Pastor Matt or Pastor Tim. That's what was happening. And Jesus in Luke chapter um, six, I believe, the same account tells us that as these people came, some of them were sick, some of them were hurting, that power was going out from him and healing them all. So people are excited. So that night, the word tells us Jesus actually spent all night in prayer to God. And the next morning he gets up and he chooses 12 men to be his apostles. And so he starts talking to his disciples and they're having a conversation and more and more people come. And so Jesus has to go to another area and he keeps talking to his disciples, but he starts talking to everybody. And there's kind of an electricity in the air. There's a movement, there's an excitement. Something big is about to happen. Jesus is about to outlay everything. This kingdom takeover, this, it's gonna be good. And so we come to Matthew chapter five, and this is what the word reads. Matthew chapter five, starting in verse one. Now when he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, 
for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And with even those very first words, people are kind of scratching their heads because this isn't really what they were expecting. Jesus, I thought you were going to come in and and you were going to usher in this whole new existence. Jesus, I thought you were gonna be the magic button and everything was going to be fine again. I thought you were going to change our reality, Jesus. And Jesus does change our reality. His life, his death, his resurrection did. But often when Jesus comes into our situation, he doesn't want to change our reality. He wants to redefine our reality. And so Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. And right from the beginning, people aren't too thrilled with that because they're used to being poor. Maybe some of us are in that place where we could relate. No, no, Jesus, now is the time for the riches. Now is the time for the wealth. Jesus, what are you saying? But Jesus says, blessed are you when you come to the end of yourself. Blessed are you when you feel low. Blessed are you when you failed, when you made a mistake, when you're at the end of your rope. Blessed are you. Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn. They didn't want to think about mourning. The time for tears is over. Now is the time for laughter. Now is the time for all the good things we've been waiting for, Jesus. Why are you saying blessed are those who mourn? Jesus says, blessed are you when you mourn what sin has done. When you see how it's hurt people. When you see how it's hurt your relationship with God and others. Blessed are you, Jesus says, when you look around and some of you are feeling this right now and you see pain in the world and your heart hurts. Blessed are you when you're grieving, Jesus says. He keeps going. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I think back then it must have been similar to today. We often think, blessed are the successful. Blessed are the people who have worked hard to get on top. Blessed are the people who are confident. Blessed are the people who are, have it together. Jesus says, blessed are you when you're humble. Blessed are you when you depend on God. Blessed are you when you're not consumed with self anymore. When you can listen and love without being defensive. You're not weak, you're depending on me and my strength. Blessed are you, Jesus says, who hunger and thirst after righteousness. The crowd knew hunger, they knew thirst, they didn't like that either, but Jesus says, blessed are you when you have a good appetite for God. Blessed are you when you just want him more than anything else. Blessed are you when you're not satisfied with where you are. You want to see Jesus, you want to hear his voice. Jesus says, you're blessed. Jesus says, blessed are the merciful. They didn't want to be merciful. They could see soldiers on the edge of the crowd, Roman soldiers, they wanted to give them what was coming to them. They saw people in the crowd who had done them wrong, who had done things to them. No, 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 now is the time for for us to make things right, Jesus. But Jesus says, blessed are you when you can overlook a wrong. Blessed are you who can give the benefit of the doubt. Blessed are you who give grace to someone who doesn't deserve it. Blessed are the pure in heart. Again, not a power word, (laughs) not a power move, right? But Jesus says, blessed are you when you're, maybe you know you're not perfect, but you're honest, you're genuine, you're yourself before God and before other people. When you authentically want Jesus, you seek after God and you open your heart to him. 
And Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. They were ready to start a revolution. Men had come that day ready to enlist, ready to line up and follow this new leader. Jesus said, that's not my way. Blessed are you when you choose the path of peace, of nonviolence. Blessed are you when you don't just go along with what everyone else is saying. Blessed are you when you bring people together and you bring them to God, when you have peace and salvation with God and you want to share that with other people. Jesus keeps going. And I can imagine by this point, the disciples, the newly formed disciples, are maybe having some little discussion on the side. What is he saying? What is Jesus even doing? This is not the plan. He's totally missing the moment. Someone's gonna go, you gotta stop him. Who's gonna go up there? Someone's, and maybe Peter is kind of edging around the corner because that was Peter like, cut, Jesus, this is not the plan. Can we, little time out. Let's talk this through, let's rethink our strategy. But Jesus has one more. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Mm, Persecuted, don't like that word very much. Jesus says, blessed are you when you choose the higher road and it doesn't work out. Blessed are you when you're misunderstood. Blessed are you when you are blamed for things you don't deserve. Blessed are you when you share my heart. And Jesus says, in that case, yours is the kingdom of heaven. Now here was a word that people could start to resonate with, we might say vibe with today. Ooh, kingdom, and so people key in. Yes, kingdom, that's what we're going through. That's what we're going for. But Jesus' kingdom is a little bit different from what they're thinking. Jesus' kingdom, we're gonna need some helpers in order to really be able to illustrate what is Jesus' kingdom. And so I'm going to need about four kids who haven't come up yet. So if you came up in first service, don't come up now, although we still love you. So if you didn't come up in first service, I see one, I see two back there, I see three, I see... Okay, four or five, you can come together. Perfect, come on up, come on up. Thank you, Mr. Vince. We have one more thing too. This is perfect. Okay, what is God's kingdom like? And you're gonna help me with this first one, I think. Well, Jesus said in another place, I'm gonna start to take that out. And Jesus would, mm mm-hmm, the net. So Jesus talked about in his parables, he would say, Jesus' kingdom, God's kingdom, and then take it over here so everyone can see. This is a real net, okay? I just want you to notice. Jesus says, my kingdom is like a net, right? How is that? Can you help me with it? Hold the other side, right? God's kingdom is like a net, and you throw it out into the water, and what do you catch? Fish, yes. I'm gonna have you guys all stand to the side just a little bit. We'll get, you'll get your prop in a moment, perfect. And he says, my kingdom is so big, it includes everybody. And all kinds of people come in there, right? And it's a whole fun time, but he says, that's my kingdom, all inclusive. You can keep holding that. Jesus said, my kingdom is like, who wants to wear a crown? Right here, okay, come stand right here. Face the audience, awesome. Jesus said, I'm sorry, mom, for what I'm doing to his hair. Okay, (laughs) Jesus said, my kingdom is like a king who had all these servants, so come on over, servants. And the king said, I want to throw a party, and I want to invite everybody, so servants make all the best food, so make all the best food, get it all set up, yes, and I'm gonna invite everybody, so invite everybody. 
invite them, invite them, come, come, come to my party. And guess what happened? No one wanted to come. All of you were too busy. That's too bad. So what did the king do? You have all this food you have to eat. So he went out and he went into the street and he found the person who didn't have a home and he, had a, he found a person that no one else liked. And guess what? That's the people who came to his party, right? Jesus says, my kingdom is like that. Jesus said, my kingdom is like, my kingdom is like a master. I need another volunteer to stand on this side. Someone who likes money. Which one of you? Oh, okay, we got a couple, you can all come. Jesus said, come on over, come on over. My kingdom is like a master, you stand right here, perfect, you can hold that, who had a big field. So imagine you have a big field and we're growing something in the field, we're growing, what do you think? Corn, we're growing corn and all the corn is ripe and we need people to help harvest the corn and so my kingdom is like someone who went out and he said, I need people to come work in my field and he, you needed a lot of help, right? So he went at the beginning of the day and he looked out and he got all the workers and he came back and they were working, working and then he looked out and he said, oh, we need some more workers, right? So then he went back out and he started calling for more people and so more volunteers came and he went out again at lunchtime because even though it was only half the day, there was still a lot more to do. So more workers came, more workers he hired. And then at the very end of the day, there was still so much work to do. It was almost sunset, there's one more hour. And so he went out again and he found all the last people who hadn't been hired. And he said, come work in my field. And then at the end of the day, everyone came up and guess what he did? No, not the dollar. He gave everyone their wage, and guess what? They all got the same amount of money. Jesus says, my kingdom is like that. Jesus said, my kingdom is also like, we have two more things, this should work out well. I can get both of, um, all of you who don't hold something, you can come on this side. Jesus said, my kingdom is like yeast. Okay, you wanna hold that together? Perfect. My kingdom, you can turn around, so everyone can see the yeast. Hold up the yeast. Yeah, my kingdom is like yeast. It doesn't seem very important. You can't see it, but, let them see the brand, Fleischmann's, but when you put it in bread, what happens? Makes a big difference, right? It makes everything rise. You need yeast in bread. He says, that's my kingdom. And the last one, Jesus said, my kingdom is like a mustard seed. You see that? My kingdom is like a mustard seed. I think we have a picture. It's very, very teeny, teeny, tiny. Sometimes my kingdom doesn't seem very important. Sometimes it starts in a very tiny way, but guess what? When you plant that seed, what do you think happens? It grows big. Exactly, it grows so big. He says, that is my kingdom. And Jesus says, this is the gift that you have. Good job, everyone. We can, can we give them a hand? Thank you so much for your help. You can go back to your seats. Good job. Thank you. You can go back to your seat. Thank you so much. Wow, you even returned the, returned the dollar. I appreciate the honesty. Jesus said, this is my kingdom. And we might think, Jesus said, the very end, right? Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay, it makes sense that they get the kingdom because they're so righteous, they're probably so good. But notice, Jesus says the very same thing in verse three. 
Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus' kingdom is upside down. In Jesus' kingdom, the last are first, and the first are last. In Jesus' kingdom, you have to be like a child in order to receive it because you just have to believe his promise. Jesus' kingdom is precious. It's the most valuable thing you can own. Jesus' kingdom is like a seed. It starts small, but it grows bigger and bigger. God's kingdom, his love, right? It's what he came to show us. And really, that's what every promise in here is about and what this whole sermon is about that Jesus wanted them to know. And that's an amazing promise that Jesus would say to this crowd, hey, you're looking for this one kingdom, but, but I wanna give you the kingdom of heaven. But they couldn't quite see it yet, right? They still wanted the kingdom right now. But Jesus said, I'm offering you something better. But kingdom of heaven is not the only phrase that's repeated in this passage. So can anyone look? I hope you still have your Bibles open. There's another word, and it happens more than once in Matthew 5, 1 through 10. Can anyone find it? What word is repeated in this passage, Matthew 5, 1 through 10, other than kingdom of heaven? Blessed, yeah, blessed. We read it, we almost say blessed. Now we use the word blessed all kinds of times in all kinds of ways, right? If I suddenly sneeze really hard, what are most of you going to say? Thank you so much, right? Bless you. Well, we also use it as an expression, right? Maybe in kind of a negative way. We get frustrated, we get aggravated, and we say something like, there is not a blessed thing that I would do to, or in that type of way, right? Not a blessed thing. We say blessed, I write at the end of my emails. I don't know if that's a pastorly thing to do. I don't really know where I picked that up. Some of you do that too. And at the very end, you say blessings. Have a blessed week, right? We say blessed in our own lives in many ways, shape, or form. Some of us, during um, when the pandemic was more in, in fuller force, some of us may have said, oh, I feel so blessed that I still have a job. Or sometimes, if someone compliments you on how nice your home is, you might say, what do you say? Well, thank you. We're blessed. Sometimes we say it in even a more basic or a simple way. I'm so blessed just to have good health. I'm blessed to have two legs, right? Two feet. But I struggle with this because what about the person who doesn't have a house? Are they not blessed? What about the person who lost their job? Did God not bless them? What about the person who isn't healthy today and they can't stand on their feet or they don't have two legs? Did Jesus not bless them? And I think maybe sometimes we need to rethink our definition of blessed. And I think that's what Jesus is doing here. And it's interesting, we can put it on the screen, that actually the Greek word for blessed that we translate as blessed, as happy, as to be envied, actually comes from the word makaroi, which comes from makarios. And that word comes from a really short word, mak, and what that actually means is to become long, or large or to extend. Did I do that? I probably did. We're still here. Um, to extend. And one version says this. I think I need to put it around my arm. No? I'm sorry, guys. This is to make sure you're awake. 
You're falling asleep, no sleeping. Thank you for technology. I apologize for my hair. Thank you, Vince. for your ministry. Honestly, can we just give all the AV team a hand? They're awesome and they deal with people like us who usually use a handheld mic. Whew. Okay, so this is where we are. The word blessed comes from that short word mock, which can mean, right, to become long or large or to extend. And one dictionary puts it this way, that when Jesus uses this word blessed, it actually means someone who has had God's grace extended in their life. You're blessed when God extends his grace in your life. And so when you think about it that way, you start to read this passage completely differently. And this time I'm going to need help with just one more illustration. And so I need four kids, just four, so maybe I should say two, who have not come up yet at all, at all. If you have not come up yet, this is your moment. So parents, send them up. I'd love to have some from the back because sometimes we don't see you. Yeah, come on up, you guys. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We're going to see what does this blessed look like? What does it mean when Jesus extends grace? Awesome. Okay, I'm going to have... All of you guys stand right here. Ooh, that should do it. Okay, you can have a seat right on the steps, like Children's Story. Okay, have a seat, have a seat. Perfect. Yes, let's all have a seat right on the steps. Okay. All right. And I'm going to ask you, let's see, can you hold this for me? Okay, would you stand up here? Would you stand back here? Okay. What happens when God extends his grace in your life? Jesus says, let's reread this passage using this definition. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. When you're poor in spirit, when you know you need Jesus, guess what happens? You receive grace. So open up the blanket a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is yours. When you're, let's keep reading the passage, when you're mourning, when you're hurting, when you're having a hard time, you receive grace. Jesus says, you will be comforted. So you can open it up a little bit more, a little bit more, yeah. Jesus says, you're gonna get to share a part of my heart. You're gonna get to know the comforter himself, the Holy Spirit in a brand new way. It's gonna be beautiful. God doesn't waste your pain. Jesus says, when you're meek, when you're humble, when you're depending on God and not just on yourself, you receive grace. Jesus says you will inherit the earth. So let's open it a little bit wider. God extends his grace. And I'm gonna need some helpers on this side to keep helping me as we go, okay? Yep, so you can hold this corner. Perfect, 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 perfect. Jesus says when you're hungry for Jesus and his righteousness, you're not just satisfied with where you are, 
you receive grace. God extends his grace in your life. Jesus says, I will fill you so full. I love that prayer, I'll always answer it. Jesus says, I'll fill you so full. Jesus says, when you are merciful with others, even though it's hard, you'll receive grace. God's gonna extend his grace on you in that moment. He's gonna give you everything you need. He's gonna continue to heal your heart. Jesus says, you will be shown mercy by others, right? Let's keep reading the passage. Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart. When you're pure in heart, when you're just authentically want Jesus, when you're seeking him with your whole heart, you receive grace. You're looking for Jesus everywhere and you start to see him everywhere. He just starts to show up. And Jesus says, you will see God. Jesus says, when you're a peacemaker, you have that peace, you bring that peace everywhere you go. Jesus says, you will receive grace. I'm going to extend my grace in your life. And Jesus says, you will be called a child of God. Because when you act like Jesus, when you have peace, you show what God is like and you belong to his family. Jesus says, last but not least, when you're persecuted because of righteousness, when you take some flack at work for being honest, when that person in your family who doesn't believe in God doesn't respond very well, when you are quiet in a certain situation, when you're going through something hard, or maybe you've experienced it right now, maybe you haven't yet, maybe your spouse doesn't believe in God, Jesus says, you will receive grace. I'm going to extend my grace in your life. Jesus says, yours is the kingdom of heaven. Now, what do you notice about this illustration and this blanket? Kids, is there anything you've noticed during this time? What do you notice about the blanket? What do you think? It kind of looks like a throne. Ooh, I like that. So it makes you think of Jesus. What do you think? Yes. Yeah, she said the blanket grew. God's grace grows, right? It's always the same size, but his grace extends bigger and bigger and bigger wherever you need it. And what's the other thing we noticed? The very beginning, the person who just is poor in spirit, the person who just came today and says, I don't even know why I came, I'm just having a hard time, and my life is a total mess. And then the person who's like, so you would think so spiritual and so godly, they all receive the same grace. Jesus says, yours is the kingdom of heaven. Because everyone receives grace, God blesses everyone, God pours out his love on this world indiscriminately, his love and grace is for everyone. Thank you guys so much. Let's just put that away and go back to your seats as we're closing here. Jesus wanted to bring in a whole new, thank you. Jesus is here. They thought he was going to usher in a new reality. He wanted to redefine their reality. Jesus says, and right now he wants to do the same for us today. Jesus says, I want to redefine your reality. Whatever place that you're in, you may not feel blessed. Jesus says, you're so blessed. I am extending my grace. I'm pouring out my grace in your life. We often spend half of our lives, and we hear this so much in the church, we start trying to pray away all the things in our lives that we don't like. 
whatever places are hard, whatever places are filled with pain, whatever things weren't really according to our plan, we ask for God to take us out of it and for him to change it. And that's not necessarily wrong, right? We know that only good things come from God. James 1 says that every good and perfect gift comes from God. Bad things don't come from the enemy, so it's not wrong to pray for those things. But I wonder if God's kingdom is here, God's kingdom is always working, God's kingdom is so big. I wonder if Jesus wants to change that a little bit today. Jesus says the kingdom is yours. Jesus says wherever you're at in life right now, I'm blessing you. You're blessed. You're blessed when you feel like things aren't going well. You're blessed when you're a little bit uncomfortable. You're blessed when you know you need Jesus because that's the place his grace meets you. This started to become a little bit more real to me in the last few months. I started studying the Sermon on the Mount towards the beginning of the year. I'd been reading a book from uh, another Christian author that really touched my life. And so I went and found his podcast and he recommended, read the Sermon on the Mount. So I started reading it and I'm still studying it. I'm reading an amazing little commentary called Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing. If you haven't read it, some of you have read it, check it out. There's also other sermons that have been started since that time. So it's all been so good just to take in. But as I kept resonating on these words, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, I started to see things differently. We had a week, this is a month or two ago, in our church that, and if any of you guys get tired, you can totally sit down or you can stay there, just letting you know. Um, Glad that you're here. Just a month or two ago, we had a lot of losses in our church. And we've had more weeks like that since then with everything that's exploded in the world and just all the things happening. But I remember a particular week when it was like two or three just major losses. And it's just so sad. You know, it's devastating. Some of you, these touched your life as well, right? And I was just there and I'm just like, man, God, like this is hard stuff. And what started coming into my mind was, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. And it doesn't explain the problem. It doesn't say why. It doesn't say why it happened. It definitely doesn't say that God sent it. But it showed me, God is here and he's meeting us in this moment. See, when you read the word, it starts to become more the foundation, more the backdrop, more the music of your life, and you start to see things through that lens. So I kept thinking about it, but I'd say about a month ago, this passage became way more real to me. And that was when my family got some bad news, and all of us have been in that situation probably before. But we got the news um, completely out of the blue that my mom, towards the end of February, my mom was diagnosed with aggressive stage four large B-cell lymphoma. And you hear news like that and any of you that have gone through cancer yourself or that maybe have journeyed that walk with somebody else, you know that everything in your world just changes. And suddenly everything is kind of upside down, right? And, and everything you're just thinking about a little bit differently. And sometimes you walk outside and, and I've had a moment or two where, you know, the sun is shining and everything's beautiful, but it's as if this word I don't even want to say is just like big and black and it's across the sky, right? And it's clouding and it's a hard journey. And it's scary sometimes, but I'll tell you, we're so blessed. I know Jesus loves my mom so much. I know she's his daughter. I know that he is doing his very best for her and I don't have to worry about her at all. I know Jesus loves my family. 
And in this moment, and many of you can testify to this too because you've gone through hard things, you're going through something hard right now, we are receiving so much grace. We're so blessed, so blessed. And I don't know where you're at today, but I would say the same, so are you. How blessed we are. I see God's kingdom growing in this church in so many ways. Little tiny ways where it's just getting bigger and bigger and it's so exciting and it's bursting. And I would just say today that maybe the place you're in is exactly where you're supposed to be. Not that God sent you there, not that he wanted something uncomfortable for your life, but maybe this is the place where Jesus is meeting you. Maybe the place where you're in is where you're gonna see a new side of God you never did. Maybe this is the place where you're gonna get to love in a big way. Maybe this is the place where God is just gonna pour out grace in a way that you've never experienced before. But we just have to believe it, we have to receive it, we have to walk in it. My challenge this week, and I hope all of you take it as I'm taking it too, is instead of just focusing on certain things and and maybe praying and trying to get out of those things, this week, let's look for God and his kingdom all around us. Try to look for the little ways that his kingdom is growing like a seed in your heart, in your family, in your community. Don't pay attention to things like they get in your way. Oh, I think I'm still here. I think I'm on. My challenge is to look for God's kingdom and how it's growing all around you. Receive it until you're bursting, until you're bursting so full that it comes out and it blesses everyone around you. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the very situation where you feel the least blessed, where you feel the most unblessed today, is the place where God is going to give you so much grace, because that's God. That's our Jesus. Let's pray together. Let's bow our heads. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for being a good father. You are a good dad. You love us. Thank you for giving us grace. Thank you for giving me grace. Jesus, this week, I know that people in this church are going through stuff. And maybe some of us feel okay, maybe we're in a good spot, but we're just not where we wanna be yet, Jesus. We wanna grow more with you, we wanna be different, we wanna see you. Maybe maybe there's people in this church who who are in that spot of, of, of trying to extend mercy even to those who don't deserve it or doing something that feels hard. But Jesus, I pray that in those places that this week that we would see you God, I pray that we would know you and trust that you are pouring out grace and that that would change the way we live this week. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you are enough for us. We love you so much and we trust you, Jesus. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen.